Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to talk about the penultimate episode of this series of Doctor Who, It Takes You Away. Uh, Doctor Who stab at a uh, Scandinavian drama. So, <laughs> well, Scandinavian, well, they call them Scandi mysteries, don't they? Yeah. I think so. Uh, which, I, which I happen to be a fan of. I, I'm a John watching those ones on BBC4. But so let's see how Doctor Who compares. So we'll look at that a bit later on. But first, yes, wanna... yeah, go on. Sorry, guy. Oh, I was just saying, I'm quite, I'm quite interested in your review of this myself. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For two various reasons. One you just mentioned and one. Yes. Okay. That a lot of people are saying this was very much like. <laughs> yes. So let's. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to come on to that a bit later on. Yeah. But first, the news. Now, um, unfortunately, this seems to be a bit of a reoccurring theme um, of late. We're having to start the podcast from sad news that the actor Andrew Burt, who played Valgard um, in the 1983 story Terminus, has died at the age of 73. Now. Obviously, he only played one role um, in Doctor Who. Of, of not, of not a particularly fondly remembered story either. Um, but he was one of those people. He just, he was just a lot, hell of a lot of things. Um, such as he was like, um, he was the original Jet Sugden in Emmerdale Farm for, for argument's sake, um, which always yeah. must have been with, with uh, Fraser Hines. Um, played his brother. Yeah. So. Um, but he's also, what I remember him being in particularly was Gulliver in Lilliput, which also starred Elizabeth Sladen, um, which was actually produced by Barry Letts as well. So another um, Barry Letts CSO tour de force. But the one thing, and I've got a very, very vague memory of him doing this, and he played King Arthur in 1979, The Legend of King Arthur, which also starred uh, Maureen O'Brien as um, Morgana Le Fay. So, but I, I've got... Very very dim memories of Legend of King Arthur, no, but I, yeah, but that doesn't ring any bells with me. That one. No, I, I could just see his face in it, um, but I don't remember Maureen O'Brien. I couldn't remember. I, you know, I couldn't tell how many episodes it went on for, or or anything like that. But um, yeah, but again, it was just one of those, you know, one of those faces, really. That yeah. was, it all seemed to be in things. Um, and one thing I, I didn't know. Um, that he was the voice of Radio Norwich for both series of Iron Man and Partridge. No, I didn't know that. No, I knew he was. You know, I knew he played his um, old headmaster in a in a particular episode, but I didn't know he was the voice of Radio Norwich. So, um, but what I, I didn't know though that he was um, he gave up acting some time ago and didn't really like sort of discussing it. Um, so the recent years, he's been working as a counsellor. It says here for people with stress related illnesses. Yeah. Which is a bit of a um, a bit of a bit of a career turnaround, isn't it? So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose you're in that sort of you sort of you're in contact with people, obviously that stress the the learning of lines and performing, and that can be quite in front of people. I suspect it can be quite stressful. Mm, yeah. Not that speaking from my great experience. <laughs> Yes, so, yeah, your Norgan very career on the stage. Yes. <laughs> so you know, I can I can understand that perhaps actually there's a case of if you you're around that sort of atmosphere mm. that you may then go into an interest in helping people with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It just it seems that you've gone from actor to counsellor, so sometimes yeah. he must have been must have sort of trained for it. So um, yeah. Yeah, just a just a strange start for the books of, to me anyway. But uh, anyway, so very very sad, very sad. Say seventy three yeah. is is 
no age at all, really, is it? No. So it really isn't. Anyway, let's move on to some uh, some happier news, shall we? Uh, the since we have uh, last recorded, uh, an image has been released uh, for the New Year's Day adventure um, of, of Jodie Whittaker wearing a multicoloured scarf with lots of fireworks yes. going off behind her. Um, and I think that's it. I think there's been one other little promo shot, um, which which I'm not going to go into because it kind of gives away what happens at the end of this series, really, if I'm honest with you. Right. Um, it's, sort of, it's sort of like, oh, there's... there's yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. I'll put it that way. Put it that right. way. Um, yeah, it's just... I suppose it's one of those images they might say, and um, or that they'll want to say um, a few years ago, an iconic image. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, right. yeah, it's just a promo shot with Jodie Whittaker wearing a multicoloured scarf, so which people seem to be pretty excited about. Hey-ho, whatever floats your boat. Anyway, um, on to uh, Blu-ray news. Now, um, of course, we've recently had the Blu-ray releases of uh, Tom Baker's first season and Peter Davison's first season, um, which have sort of been a bit... Uh, let's just say a troubled releases, haven't they? Uh, Tom Baker's yes. was, was was fraught with um, 40 discs and, and Peter Davison's uh, first season got pushed back. Um, so it's been recently announced and quite... It surprised me anyway that season 18, which is Tom Baker's last season, um, is going to get a Blu-ray uh, release as well. Um, well, no, well, let's get the billing of this right. They're, they're releasing Canine and Company on Blu-ray with a collection of, Peter, of, of Tom Baker stories. <laughs> silly me. <laughs> silly, silly me. Um, yeah, so Canine and Company featuring a selection of Tom Baker stories will be released... Um, in the UK on the 25th of February uh, next year. Um, and the, But it, it does go on to warn you here on, the, on this um, article that, as with previous, previous volumes, the date may change change before its intended release. Yes. So, which I, I won't be surprised if it is, to be honest. But there's been a, there's been a lot of um, sort of tweets going around for the likes of Andrew Smith, because obviously um, Full Circle... Was his um, first story for Doctor Who, which, which is in Tom Baker's last series. Um, so I think he's done some DVD extras um, or Blu-ray extras um, for, for this as well. So um, it does say it's got um, the list of extras here is revealing new 2019 commentaries, moderated by Matthew Sweet. So you've got Tom Baker and Leisure Hive, Lala Ward and Rachel Dawson, State of Decay. Uh, rare behind-the-scenes footage from the Leisure Hive, Full Circle, and Agopolis. A surround sound mix for Warriors Gate. New special effects for Logopolis, um, including new, especially shot footage at the originally planned but ultimately unused University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Observatory for the Pharos Project location. Uh, there's a new making of doc- documentary for Logopolis. Eight more editions of Behind the Sofa. Brand new documentaries, The Writer's Room Weekend with Waterhouse. A new interview with Canon and Company's Ian Sears. Um, there's another sort of some more Panopticon uh, convention archives uh, footage with Tom Baker. And the usual um, high-definition photo galleries, plus scripts, production files, rare documentation provided on PDFs, um, and plus the extensive features pre-released um, on the other DVDs. So, yeah. The, so it's Two things on that was, one, you're going to see Ferris Project, and you're thinking, oh, they're going to have an interview with the Ferris Project. That should be fun. Well, they haven't, done for so- they haven't done, done nothing for months again, have they? So maybe that's what they've been spending their time on doing. <laughs> that's where they've been doing. They've been doing exclusive work for this DVD. Exactly. Blu-ray. You lazy bastards, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> but, 
Oh, yeah, so it looks to be per- quite... Perhaps it's their weekend with Waterhouse, they <laughs> should be a treat for all concerned. <laughs> I buy that for a dollar, so I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, well, let's make this happen. Come on. Let's make this happen. Oh, dear. No, this does look like a very good release, actually. Um, I must have, I've held off getting the others. Um until the price could, drops. Well, yeah, 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 basically because I, I don't want to buy them all over again. I, the amount of times I've done right. that, um, I don't really want to go through it all again, if I'm honest. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not rushing to, to purchase these. No. I know that that makes me a bad fan, I know. But, uh, yeah, I really can't um, sort of justify spending the money again just for a few extras. Really, if they said if they just released the, a Blu-ray of just the extras to, as a companion piece, the DVDs you've already got, yeah, I might be more inclined to go and just just buy that, because um, chances are I'm never I'm never actually going to watch the the actual episodes. I'm just going to watch the extras, and then you and you know the, the new documentaries and whatever. So, ah oh well, oh well, uh, we should we I mean, should see we get to February uh, next year. It is one of those cases, isn't it? That we always say no, you won't bother, and then. Eventually we will. Oh, eventually I will. Yeah, I'm just not any particular rush. That's all. That's all. No. Um, now, iPlayer. Now, apparently, iPlayer achieves its best results um, in October, actually. Um, and Doctor Who is um, second on, on both little um, charts. There, so you've got the um, top ten episodes for October. Um, Doctor Who episode one, the woman who fell to earth, got. 2.962 um, million viewers on iPlayer, which is yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and then you've got the, the top 10 program episodes for October. Um, and again, The Woman Who Failed to Earth with 2.962 million, again, features at number two on that particular um, hmm. chart as well. So, um, I, I never watched Killing Eve, which is no, dominated. Yeah. Um, I, I think my wife's recorded it. Um, but I haven't got round to. Neither has got round to watching it yet. Huh. So, but it's. Um, I know, I know it got, like it got it's really something good. That, that works as a box set on iPlayer. Well, it, well, it was, wasn't it? I, I think that was the thing. It was, it was a box set on iPlayer. You could watch it there in its entirety. So I think this is why it's actually the top ten episodes for October. That's why it's full of Killing Eve episodes one to eight, yeah. really. So, but it's it's nice to see that you know Doctor Who sort of cracked the uh, cracked the charts there. Yeah. On that one, but um, yeah, the, just a very very short news one that one. Um, but hey, it just goes to show that iPlayer is um, or, or is that or they're going to change that as well because they've they've got rid of the uh, the radio iPlayer now, haven't they? The BBC it's now called BBC Sounds. Yeah. So I don't know if it's what what they're going to. BBC Vision. Vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. No, I hope they don't. Keep it as I play. Thank you very much. Um, now, another little short news item. Now, Josie Whittaker. Hey, I was going to say, oh, no, oh, they, on, probably will keep, they will keep it as I play just to annoy Apple Pro- as yes. long as they can. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I blame them, if I'm honest. So. No. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, uh, Josie Whittaker is going to present um, bedtime stories on CBeebies at 6.50 on Friday, the 7th of December, which is, well, this week, actually. Yes. And she's going to be a reading Ada Twist Scientist. Um, so there you go. So if you're if you're a fan, there you go. Now this is actually quite um, a, a thing now for famous people to be reading 
bedtime stories on CBeebies because we've had um, but the recent one we've had uh, Chris Evans Captain America himself read he's done a couple of bedtime hmm. stories for CBeebies Tom Hardy um, has uh, read some as well so I think we've um, there's been some numerous actors and actresses re- uh, reading on there um, yeah it, it seems to be quite a good gig now actually it seems to be quite an honour if you get asked and it's it's only the the, the modern-day Jack and Ori, though, isn't it, really? It is, really, yeah. Okay, it's, it's aimed at, at preschoolers, um, rather than Jack and Ori was, like, sort of aimed at, sort of... Oh, I suppose sort of like the... Nowadays, it was junior school, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Some of the stories, but... Um, but no, it's good, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm You'd still quite... drop everything if Bernard Cribbins was doing well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. I certainly would. Bloody hell. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no no question there. It, it was either him or Kenneth Williams. You would you would drop everything to watch mm. on Jack and Ori because Kenneth was another was another good storyteller. But um, now if Cribbins came back now, yeah, certainly, I'd be uh, I'd be right there. I really would be. So uh, anyway, that's that's it for the news. But as usual, we do have time for some t- statistics. So let's go to Omega Stats Corner. <laughs> Now this week we can only bring you the overnight viewing figures for It Takes You Away because we're recording rather early for the final viewing figures and the AI for the Witchfinders. So um, when we when we do get that um, released online, then we'll we'll put it up on our Facebook group. But anyway, um, It Takes You Away. The overnight viewing figures had a um, I hate to, I don't know what to say rather disappointing five point seven million viewers. Um, it's still a twenty five point one percent share of the total TV audience. Uh, for Sunday night, but um, that's the lowest it's been yet. Actually, it was the X Factor final. Yeah, they had a bit of a um, a boost this week, didn't it? So that got nearly a million and a half more than it's been getting. So yeah, I suspect that's where the but, um, the viewers went. But, but it's almost like um, half the viewing figures the X Factor final would used to get. Yeah, it used to command like 10, 11 million viewers. Now it's like five point five three. So I mean, even that's sort of taken a um, taken a big knock as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, I've I've got to be honest though. Do you think the the rather how can I put the 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 next time trailers or any sort of there's hardly any promotion for what's coming up next and Doctor. And when it is, it's very very short. Gives nothing away, which is fine. Yeah, but it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's like you're hooking in viewers who wouldn't normally watch it, though. If you know what I mean. No, but if they were doing big next time trailers, we'd all be moaning that they're doing big next time trailers, and I don't want to know what's happening. Well, no, no, that's, that's what I mean. It, there's, there's, there's next time tra- and there's next time trailers, and they, they, it's either they give away everything or they give away nothing. But there was, mm. there's, to, to my mind, the trailers we've had so far, there's been nothing there to sort of like, oh, or like the casual viewer, oh, I, I must watch that next week. They barely last ten seconds a lot of the time. Mate, I, I, to be honest, like I suspect. It. I suspect by the time the next time trailer's coming on at the end of the episode, you either know it's going to be on next week or you don't. So really, is it? I'm not sure how much they would would pull in. I just say it'd just be interested if they tried that. If it just gave just a little bit more away, and I think this is, I think it's actually pleasing, like. People also frustrating others at the same time that the fact that the promotion and sort of just sort of trying to get you interested, get people sort of a bit more 
excited about it, um, which you do through trailers. Um, hmm. it's, it's been a bit sort of lacklustre because it's, it's giving absolutely ab- absolutely nothing away. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Don't know. Well, Don't know. It's just, well, it's, I, it just it just only occurred to me, sort of like, you know, the trailers have been... From our point of view, it's great because we're going to watch it anyway. Come what yeah. may, we're going to watch it. Um, but just the fact that, you know, the casual viewer, is it going to be any? And I have seen people sort of tweeting and, and, and put on Facebook they they totally forgot Doctor Who was on this week. You know, so that's, it's that's it's, their problem. <laughs> it is their problem. But at the end of the day, though, um, that, that, surely that's not the the effect that they wanted. No, I mean I don't know what trailers are like. During the week on other other times in BBs, I mean, I'd have thought fair enough. Don't necessarily need to put a big next time trailer at the end of mm. this episode. No, no, because the people that are going to watch it are probably watching watching this anyway, so they don't need to be. I mm. mean, I don't know what sort of length trailers they put out. I, I tell you what, hardly anything, hardly anything no. at all. And if they if they do, it's about the same length as the next time trailer. I mean, that I suppose would have been the time to. To do it, if you put one of those trailers in at the end of EastEnders or something. Mm, yeah, the exactly. Yeah, fair enough. And then I wouldn't be bothered anyway because I wouldn't have been watching EastEnders. No, me neither. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it. So that's fine. It'll round as far as I'm no, concerned. No, exactly. It wouldn't bother me at all. So, um, but anyway, they. Um, I mean, even though it only got four point seven million viewers. It, it the it made it the fifth rated um, or highest rated program for Sunday night and twenty seventh uh, for the weekend in second December. So, um, has it just sort of fallen out the top 20 for the first time? I can't remember on the overnights. Yeah. Oh, we'll see what happens. Because I don't know. We, no. We, <laughs> we, haven't seen, I mean, we haven't seen this last week's overnights, have we? No, we haven't. No. Or no, the, uh, the, uh, longer. The, yeah. The, yeah, the final viewing figures for uh, Witchfinders. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know what, what, what effect that's going to have. But. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, um, it, I just, I just only occurred to me what was, was the, the lack of promotion harming it. But as you quite rightly said, the X Factor final was on. Um, yeah. Which didn't really, it didn't really steal a lot of viewers away. Put it that way. So. But I mean, but you know, a million and a half viewers is 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 still a reasonable amount. It is. It is. But. Anyway, we'll see what it does when we get the uh, the final viewing figures next week. Hmm. So uh, that, that 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 that's the uh, that's the true picture. That's the true picture. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for the news and stats for this week. So coming up shortly is our review of It Takes You Away. So for another week, then that was the news. Okay, everybody, we're now going to talk about It Takes You Away. Norway. Definitely Norway. Soil? A cottage in winter with a chimney but no smoke. What's got you so scared? It takes you away. It takes you away. And it's my turn to uh, kick off with scenes this week, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I found this a bit of a strange one. Actually, um, yeah, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it because it, it it was 
it was different. Um, and the ending was just was just crazy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but crazy in a like a, like a two thousand one Space Odyssey way. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Well, I, well, I've been wondering how you're going to... Because a lot of people have been saying, oh, it was very Douglas Adams at the end. And I've been saying, well, that, that, there's not a recommendation. No, no, I would not be recommending Douglas Adams to anybody. No, no, I, I just thought this was... Um, oh, yeah, sort of like 2001, like even sort of Sapphire and Steelish in a in a well, funny way. My, my thoughts on this is that they sort of had three sort of sections to it. Hmm. The first bit was seemed very sapphire and steel to me. Yeah. Um, until they actually then went through the mirror. Mm. Then it reminded me of Babylon Five, with the ribbons characters just seemed a bit. Oh, a bit like Zathras. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, basically, yeah, onto something that was a bit sort of Douglas Adamsy and whatever. So, it did seem to be almost, you know, three different styles of. Oh, I must, I must program. admit though, but yeah, I enjoyed the, all of them. To be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Um, okay, that the frog was, um, it was, it was a not a very good animatronic. To be honest, they they uh, couldn't yeah. they, they couldn't sync up the mouth to the to the ADR. Fair enough. Okay, um, that's a very minor thing. Yeah, I think it was more that than the actual idea. I think yeah. if you're going to do that as an idea, then I think it's got to work. Yeah, and it didn't quite work, did no. it? Um, but I must admit, all I could think of when I first saw it was a Hypnotoad out of Futurama. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has mentioned that. I've stayed clear of other podcasts. I thought no one else, what everyone's talked about. But um, yeah, the first thing I thought about was Hypnotoad. So, <laughs> um. No, that, that, that thought never came to me. I have to. Oh, did it? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, yeah. As I said about the the you know the uh, the Scandi drama thing. Um, no, it was nothing like a Scandinavian drama um, at all. Really, no. they, they they got the the look and the feel of maybe sort of like Kenneth Branagh's um, Volander, perhaps. Yeah. But um, with like the 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 colour palette they were using inside the house and then the lighting, but that's as far as it went, really. To be honest, it, it didn't look like um, well, it didn't look like anything you want to buy of IKEA, did it? Put it that way. So. No, and no, no, that's I mean, Swedish, yeah. not Norwegian. Like, but there you go. Like I say, it just did seem to me a lot that that could have been the opening episode of a Sapphire and Steel episode. It could have been, yeah. With them two turning up at the door. And trying to work out what's gone on here. Yeah. The father's missing. Charles left on its own. And is there something out there? Yeah. And it was yeah. It was it was just it hit all those. And then there's a fun, and then there's a funny there's a funny non-reflecting mirror. That just really was. It was saffron still. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Which, as I say, is no bad thing. No, I'm, that's yeah, not a bad thing at all. Absolutely. Um, so. Obviously, we, we've got this um, sort of alternate universe thing, which has sort of kind of been done on Doctor Who before, but we never had sort of like a, a, um, a conscious universe, have we? No. Really. Um, called the Solitract, um, which I thought was... 
The, the, the only thing that niggled me about this story, um, well, actually, there's a couple of things. The, the main thing was that all the way through, the Doctor doesn't know what it is, hasn't got a clue. Then all yeah. of a sudden, it's, um, oh, oh, I might know. And then what, what the Doctor might know is actually, yeah, it, you've got this big, massive information dump. Sort of like you've got, you got this exposition scene, and, and that's what it is. Really, which, which yeah. I found was it was a bit. I just found that a bit rushed, to be honest. Yeah, to, to be honest though, there's no other way they can do it, is there? Not not in the if, fifty minute format. No. If, if if this was as we keep saying, if this was a uh, um, an old style series, the Doctor would have sat Joe down, and we could have had fifteen minutes of explanation, and no one would have even noticed. No, exactly. <laughs> But because everything has, because everything is moving so quickly in these episodes, and everything yeah. then has to stop, while you get that, then yeah. it is more noticeable. But I don't think it's anything more than what we've had in. You know, people are saying, "Oh, you know, it's not something that you used to get in Doctor Who." Yes, you did, but it was just because the pace was so much slower. Was slower, anyway. exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, no, they it, had it, more time to. Yeah, it, it was just sort of like the you know the, what the, the doctor's fairy tale was. Some was was exactly what was happening. Yeah. Um, it was just all too like bang. It was that was the answer. Um, but hey ho. Um, the the other thing as well was I don't know how um, Hannah's father Eric was managing to get through the um, the anti zone without having to sort of barter, or maybe he did barter with ribbons of the seven stomachs, I don't know, but how did he make it through the flesh moths and the amount of times he did it? So that was the only I, other I, thing. I took that. Yeah, go on. where I'm just making my own stories. <laughs> is the fact that as it went on, mm. that the, the space between the two mirrors got mm. way bigger. So perhaps the first time he went through, he did literally walk through from one to the other. Right. And then, obviously, as it's... As this area has been building a buffer zone to try and keep them apart, that's mm. got bigger. And thus, he's been in there four days. Who knows how big it was when he first oh, okay. walked through. Okay, I'll buy and how, that. I'll buy and that. what like, sort of length... Lifespan do the moths have? Is everything accelerated in there? Yeah, because Ribbon says he's lived in there all his life. Well, you wouldn't have thought that had been there all his life. No, exactly. I was. I was so, you, sort of... so is there an accelerated uh, lifespan going on? Maybe in there. Well, actually, we're talking of ribbons. I mean, I know everyone sort of made those sort of uh, golem um, comparisons uh to, to the character, but I, I I agree more with yours, the Zathras from Babylon Five, actually. Yeah. Um I thought it, it was it was um you know a short lived character, um, obviously, but I think Kevin Eldon played the part well. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, what what you'd expect from him really. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. Exactly. It was certainly saying I don't know, he wasn't recognised one underneath all the latex no. anyway, put it that way. But uh No, but, no. but you know it was a character that you wasn't sure where he, what his plans were, and yeah, yeah, you know, and, like, and you could I mean, well I... believe then that he did turn like he did. Yeah, and I like I like the idea of the um, uh, the flesh moths and all that. I thought it made for yeah. quite a um, an unusual sort of kind of threat, to be honest. 
And we had to have them to give the threat to Ryan being trapped. Yeah, that's while it. they're trying to work out, obviously for for Graham to realise that there's a problem. Otherwise, if if there was no threat in the what well, I keep saying, the neutral zone. Um, <laughs> if there was no threat in there, then it wouldn't matter how long Ryan was trapped in there waiting for him to come out. Mm. But because of the moths, then obviously it becomes a a race against time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, 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 I did. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, you know, a lot of people did like this, and a lot of people didn't like it at all. Um, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know what people are expecting from Doctor Who these days. No, to well, be honest. Yeah, what I'm expecting from Doctor Who is, is science fiction that makes me think of mm. drags me in, and this does. This yeah. did. Yeah. Brilliantly. Something, you know, we can't sit here and moan that we're having the same old story every week. And then when they produce something that's pretty different, say, oh, this isn't Doctor Who. Yeah. I think that's that's what's been happening quite a bit, actually. Um, so, even, no, even, mean, though, uh, even though all the way through this, we said this is more Sapphire and Steel than Doctor Who, to be honest. Yeah, um, but, but I don't know. I mean, you know, there's, there's a. Well, I mean, but there has been Doctor Who points where he has had to go and investigate. What's going on? I'm not mm. been sure. Um, so, where's you know, really is it any different? But it's, no, but I just, I just, I actually really love this story. Yeah, and it was even yeah. better watching it the second time as well because I've managed to watch this one twice. So I oh no, I've I'll, I'll, I'll at least it kept your interest this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I've only managed to watch this one once, unfortunately, this week. So um, I'm just I'm just trying to go off the my memories of watching it last night. So, um, yeah. but no, I, I, w- I watched it when it went out, and then watched it again before I went to bed. So oh, okay. I watched okay. it twice in the one day, which is, and it didn't didn't lose any impact. No, as far as I was well, I, I think the, the the biggest impact again in this story was Bradley Walsh. Yeah, I mean, he was absolutely amazing in this one. He really was. I and mean, his scenes with um with Grace were were just utterly brilliant. Yeah. And utterly just from brilliant. the fact that I mean, from some right things on this, right, from someone right from the start said, Oh, I do hope that Grace isn't just gonna keep popping up. Mm. And then there was a part where they said, Oh, there's someone waiting for someone else she arrived with and you thought, Oh yeah, no, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But the fact of how it was written and how he dealt with it, the the fact that he wasn't, you know, it wasn't such a, oh, I'm so pleased, you know, to be with you and all this. Mm. You had the, I don't believe this. It's like, yeah, don't do yeah, this to me. Yeah. And just the conflict in him, in yeah. trying to. And then it's almost then till he doesn't get to the point where he starts saying about the travels with the doctor and what he's seen. Hmm. And then you almost start to see him start to f- try and convince himself that with all the weird things he's seen, this could be true. Yeah, the set. I mean, he does sort of kind of sort of fall for it, doesn't he? Yeah. In a way. He, he but wants, it, he but wants it her is. to come back with him. Um, which... And you could understand that. If you've seen what he's seen, travelling with the Doctor, then why can't this be true? Yeah, precisely. I've been back in time. I've seen people that are dead. Mm. I've talked with them. So why can't this person be here from the past alive? Yeah. Yeah. So... No, I, I, I think that worked really, really well, actually. Um, 
I'm glad to say sort of like the 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 appearances of, of the Grace character since she died in the first episode, I think have been used really, really well. Yeah, actually, um, and this worked really well um, as well because it yeah okay, it, it wasn't Grace at the end. Um, spoilers, no. everybody, but um, you know, and it's that whole thing about what what gave the game away for him was the fact that she didn't care about Ryan. Yeah. She, she's you know, prepared to forgo Ryan to keep him. Yeah, exactly, which the real Grace would never Grace have done. Grace would never have done. Yeah. Like. So I quite like that. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, and, but, and just the way... And the way, yeah. The whole... I mean, the whole way Bradley Walsh played that. I mean, it was just so believable. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been... You know, it, it really did have that, oh, here we go. We've been waiting... You know, no. Once they said she was a reoccurring character... Been waiting for this, and it's going to be cheesy, and it's going to be over the top melodramatic, and it just wasn't. No, it wasn't. Nothing like that at all. Couldn't be further from the further from the truth no. on that one. It was, yeah, and and, it, and and just just the get up when he just gets up and he's you know you were so close. Yeah, you're a fake, and starts walking away. That was just brilliant. It was brilliant. It really was brilliant. And also now, now we've also got the now our little theory's been um, and, and shot down. Never have, now. I, never have I been so pleased to be proved wrong. Yes, I same have here. to say as well. Yeah, it's uh, no. We, I, we we get the um, Graham's granddad moment this week. Yeah. So um, I, I cheered been... <laughs> sitting there watching it on my own, and I cheered when that happened just because. <laughs> you thought, well, that's good because I'm wrong. That's not going to happen now. They're not yeah. saving that for for Graham's deathbed scene. No, and it was, and it was, sort of to a certain degree, underplayed, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was underplayed to a, to a great, yeah. uh, you know, greatly the, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, because there was no turning around and then hugging him or anything like that. It was literally no, no. He says it, he didn't even repeat it. The fact they didn't even Ryan didn't even repeat it. He just said, "Oh, are you going deaf in your old age?" Yeah, and turned and walked away, and just left him to. You know, it's almost like he then say, "Oh, you know, that might not have been Grace, but she's at that she's actually achieved the one thing she wanted." Yeah. Which which was that? So no, it, yeah. I, I I think this worked really really well. Um, what do you think of the, the I suppose of this week's sort of guest star, um, Eleanor Warworkers, um, Hannah? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it had to. She, I mean, she has to sell that that opening. 25 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, that's 20 right. minutes. Yeah. And if she if she doesn't convince you that something's up, then it doesn't work. And yeah, she that's did. it. Yeah. And and convinces you that that's the main story. And that isn't the story at all. No, not really. <laughs> Once yeah, you the get whole, into the, it. Yeah, the whole monster in the forest thing was a bit was, was a complete red herring, yeah. um which which I was kind of glad about, really, because they, they, I thought if if it was really a monster, I thought there's a little bit too much going on in this story. I thought, how are they going to wrap yeah. all this up? Um, but so I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it, it sort of came to to nothing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean obviously worst dad of the year award, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, a bit the, peculiar. But um... I mean, I mean, yeah, why? why all right, I can understand he wants to go. Why he doesn't take her? I don't know. Doesn't seem to ever be explained why he didn't feel he could take her. No, no. With him when he went. And 
why knowing he's going does he not just find someone to look after her and say yes to go off to work some mm. why why do you spend the time boarding up the house laying cables to to speakers outside to, to speakers it's, outside it's a rather and elaborate ruse isn't it and obviously <laughs> setting up timers to play weird howling noises through them <laughs> Uh, where, where 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 was this um, playing from? I know we 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 found the speakers, but um, do do we ever see what the what the um, what the um, output was coming from? No, I mean I, I suppose it could have it could have been something as simple as a as a uh, alarm clock CD player. That the CD set as the alarm could have been, I suppose. Yeah. Every day it goes, it plays the CD. Yeah, and once it's finished doing that, it then stops again. Yeah, so that's why it's just at the same time every day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is, this is a top tip for you if you feel like doing this for your children. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how to do it. I just board the um, house up first. <laughs> Bought the house up and he's then going to go. Next time you go to Galley, that's how you're going to leave the kids, isn't it? Gonna t- you and Joe are going to actually go together and you're just going to leave the kids behind. Leave the kids up. behind. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that might work, you know. Like, I, think, I think I could get away with that. <laughs> so. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah. I mean, but even that, just the fact that, you know. They didn't necessarily have to go into that. He was just like Ryan sees the the wire, and obviously, yeah. I mean, you presume Ryan follows the wire inside first and finds the yeah what it's exactly. attached yeah, to, he, he and then realizes the, the wall, didn't he? So, and then realizes he then goes outside, follows it outside to the speakers. Yeah, but yeah, so no, no, it's just no, I don't think that that's um. So I'm glad that that's what the the resolution of that particular plot point was because mm-hmm. it just. I think there would have been if there had been a monster outside. I think there's just been too much going on, really. I think what we what we had with this this other universe was enough. To yeah, and it story. was. Yeah, yeah. It was I just it so. was just something to to obviously kick you off in a in the wrong di- misdirection to start off with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did actually just like the line when they went in there and they said, "Our oh, children's shoes." There's a, there's obviously a child here. <laughs> And Graham just turns around and goes, or oh, somebody who collects children's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact he thought just... the worst thing possible. <laughs> there, possible. Yeah. yeah well, what actually could be the worst thing here is that we've got somebody who's, you know, where are the children? He's just collecting the shoes. <laughs> yeah, that is quite creepy, actually. So, and then yeah. actually, also, also the other line that made me laugh was when they went up to the, obviously him and Ryan at the when they first find the mirror that hasn't got a reflection, he goes, we'd have known if we was vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that I didn't, you don't realise at first. It actually, the, obviously, the other universe calls out to people that are, are lonely and missing somebody. Yeah. Because it obviously did to um, Eric. Eric. Yeah. And it then calls out to Graham. So yeah, so that's that's why that um he's he's the one that's that it it calls to why it changes yeah. while he's up there, it's because she it realizes that yeah there is the 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 loneliness and the um feeling of abandonment in him yeah that it that it that calls to it 
Yeah, I think I think it was quite an interesting premise. This one, actually. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I like the. Oh, and, and again, the other, the other throwaway line from Graham there was when they sign it about the mirror, you know, was luring him in and whatever. I said, "Give it me credit card details." <laughs> yeah, some good lines in this one, actually. Yeah, yeah, some very good lines. I mean, I, I like the idea of the, the, you know, the, you know, the solid tract was sort of exiled because uh, it was in. Incom- a sentient universe yeah. that was incompatible, um, and I think some people had, had a, a maybe a bit of a hard time dealing with the fact well it was just it was just lonely and wanted someone yeah. to talk to, um, which I suppose at the end of the day, well, if if you have been cast out, I suppose you would be, yeah, U- universe yeah. or not, to be honest, but, yes, yeah. yeah, if you're if you're if you are a sentient being, then if you've experienced, it's not even that it hadn't experienced. Mm. The other universe it had and had to been exiled. Yeah. To, to to being on its own. So yeah, you can imagine that it would be always trying to get back. Yeah. And so, finding any way of doing that. Yeah. So I think it kind of makes kind of makes sense. So no, yeah. I, I, I I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it actually. You know, it, I, I think I. As as I say, there's there's a couple of things that sort of niggled me, but it just it just niggled me, but it didn't spoil my enjoyment of it at all. To be honest, I mean, I'm, this I'm... one, the one thing about this series that's that's probably bothered me more than anything else is just the coincidences of everything happening. Yes, yeah. Whereas, other than obviously them landing where they are, which you've got mm. to accept with Doctor Who is is always going to be something. And mm. they try to explain it by the TARDIS takes them to where they need to be. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. This one didn't have any of that. This one didn't have any other coincidences. No, it didn't. That I can think of. There was nothing that... I mean, other than, obviously, the Doctor knew of it from stories of childhood. See, as I said at the See, beginning... See, it's, not, it's not, not the first time when we've had the Doctor dealing with stories of child, his childhood, is there? No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's it, so, it, it was just the fact. It was. It was. It, it went from. It could be this story that I was told to. Oh yes, it is that story I was told. It, it was done. It was. It was like the. It was the doctor convinced herself that that's what it was, yeah. and it turned out to be true. So, hmm. I, I just found that bit a little bit weak. That was all. But actually, the music underneath that bit. Actually, I think that probably stopped me from being bored. You know, so not bored. The, but, mu- know, actually, the, the music has been outstanding this series so far. It really yeah. has been. It really and, ha- got it, and this and this got it right on every level. I mean, yeah. even that, even that, which is obviously here is the what the story is about, and mm. you've got to pay attention to this. But just the music that was running underneath that, yes, yeah, right, quietly running underneath that was just perfect as well. No, I'd say it was. Um... And this is from someone who doesn't necessarily know. No, exactly. You, you very really pay attention to the music, do you? So, no. um, yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you noticed for a change. Glad you noticed. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say just enjoyed it. Really, frog and all. To be honest, I mean that—that that was the only thing. The only yeah, the one thing you tell on that. Yes, it, it showed the frog because that was Grace's thing and whatever. I'm mm. talking. But you would have thought, to be consistent, it should have shown the Doctor something the Doctor missed. 
Well, I suppose even that, at the point where it doesn't feel it has to. Yeah, her, I, but I you think, still I felt there I, should have been. I did read comments that people th- hope it was going to be River Song, um, which mm. no, I'm not hoping it's River Song at all. Actually, um, yeah, I'll I, I take your point. Now, if, though, they it, a, if they could have done a CGI, <laughs> they'll go hard after that. Sitting there, now that would have been very interesting, actually. Uh, no, they would just would have brought back Missy or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I can understand it because you don't want to then because if you bring back somebody like that, then you've got to. I mean, what it could have done then was bring back Granny, well, Granny Number yeah. Five or whatever. Yeah, couldn't it? Which then wouldn't have necessarily needed you to have been a watcher of the the show from. Start or whatever. No, exactly. But or, would have at least then or gone given to the you trouble a of building a, a, an animatronic frog. So. No. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, anyway, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't got much more to say about this one actually because I say I just, I just enjoyed it. Oh, just, yeah. just on a question of just the oh, idly in this, when they, when she says about whatever it was, Nana or Granny. Five, five, yeah, five seven, nine, yeah. Do you think that they're actually talking? It's the same person just regenerating. I, so I, it's not I, that she had I seven took, different. I, yeah, I took it as that. Yeah, I, yeah, I took it as yeah, not that she had that she had seven individual different. grandmothers. Um, that yeah, it was yeah that person and number just five out regen- of that. Yeah. They're different regenerations that she knew. Yeah, that's how I took it anyway. Yeah. Oh, there says I've got good... other theories on that, but uh... which I thought actually was a good idea on that as well. Because mm. how does a time lord's life span and whatever? You oh, know, God. in terms don't, don't, of don't get the fans how... talking about how, doc, how, no. how tunnels are made. Cause we talk about looms and stuff like that soon. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, shall we shall we see what our um what our listeners thought of this one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's have some feedback then. Um. So thanks again, everybody, for uh, posting your feedback. Um. Very very um much appreciated. So we just have some um some Twitter and Facebook feedback for you this week. Um. First up, the Twitter feedback. Um. Now some of this is a little bit up and down. I was going to say. So um, I think the um. The Twitter feedback is probably the negative side to this feedback section. Let's, let's have a look. Um, so, Mr. Bad Preston says, All the monsters this season look like Power Rangers villains. Um, I'm assuming um, you're referring to ribbons there, actually. So, uh, I, I've never watched Power Rangers. So I've got absolutely no, no, I've got, I've got, I've got no, no opinion on that no. whatsoever. No. Okay. Uh, but thanks, anyway. Uh, next, we have at Master Christmassy. Um, it was bonkers, emotional and thrilling, but the frog was a step too far and killed the mood. Didn't help that it was such a badly made animatronic. Um, yeah, it was a it was a well, a particularly good animatronic, but I didn't think it killed the mood actually. I, th- no. I think it's a, but I think if you're a fan of things like two thousand one, the very sort of ambiguous what the hell's going on kind of endings, yeah. um, as we are, um, then you're probably going to enjoy it. A lot more than others, yeah. I would say. I think it's probably the way to... Or, or if you're... I didn't see the Douglas Adams in it myself, but hey, people read into things what they... We read in Babylon 5 and Stanley Kubrick, so other people yeah. read in you know, what they want to. So. Okay, yeah. so, ne- so next up we have um, at Keith R. Gooch. 
And Keith says, it promised something really special in this episode and didn't really deliver it. The Solid Trap was an interesting concept, but fell away towards the end into a conscious universe who was a spot brat when it didn't get what it wanted. Four out of ten. Um, I didn't see it as a spot brat, really. Um, I suppose in the way that it just started rejecting people. Yeah. That, you know, obviously it gets rid of Yaz quickly mm. because it doesn't have any interest in her. Yeah. And whatever. And, but, so I, I can see that from that point of view. But it was just, yeah, a case of obviously was just trying to find somebody that wanted to be with it. Well, I, do, I didn't say it as a sport, I think it, it couldn't sustain. That universe or, or that that image could it? So there was just too right. much. I think that's why, to my I, why I understood it. That's why it was getting rid of all these people. So hmm. it, it, it couldn't do anything with them. Um, and plus the I fact, mean, and I mean, plus I, the fact, Yaz hadn't lost anybody, had she? Yeah, I suppose the fact also. I suppose the the do, the mother to the daughter was pretty much a case of once the daughter rejected, it was yeah, get out sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so, see, yeah. I suppose there was there. But it got less. It was just sort of one or two, and then became a case of if it could only keep one, it was trying to work out who to to keep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, uh, no. Anyway, so th- thanks anyway, um, Keith. So uh, next up at movies TV mad, um, just says I think representing frogs is very important. Frogs or hypnotoads, if you if you will. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, at Summer in London says uh, similar emotional punch as the girl in the fireplace. And yes, I love the frog. Finally, some frog love. We've got two tweets for frog love there. Thank you very much. Um, It'll back- turn into a prince, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder how many times people have made that joke. Come on. Um, and finally, from Twitter, uh, we have at Minds of Kingsmaker. Um, we're back down to earth the bump here. Crap, sick of the sonic screwdriver, but not as sick of the writing of the showrunner. Even the twin dilemma is better than this pile of turd. Okay, um, well... This was, one... was that turd or toad? What? Hey, <laughs> hypno-turd. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to disagree there. Nothing is as bad as no. the twin dilemma. No. Absolutely nothing is as bad as the twin dilemma. Um, oh, can you imagine the target book novelisation of this story? <laughs> <laughs> Would you think it would be a, a this cat that turns up for one for one chapter that that actually craps out the turd of the story? <laughs> <laughs> we we might get a whole backstory of of the toad as it grew up in the pond. Or... <laughs> And if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, go and read the target novelisation of The Twin Dilemma, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Anyway, so let's move on to uh, Facebook feedback now. Uh, first of all, Jeff Waddle. Hi, Jeff. Um, high praise from Jeff. He says, probably the best single episode in the last five or so years. Bizarre, weird, so unlike Doctor Who, and yet at the same time, completely Who. Bradley Walsh deserves an award for his performance. Even The Frog, which could have been laughably out of place, worked. That would have been better if it asked for a strawberry milkshake. There's one for the oldies there. No, never asked for a strawberry milkshake. It was always the lime milkshake. <laughs> Who's ever had a lime milkshake? Um, so it says 10 out of 10. Best of the season. Best single episode for me since season five. 
Okay, thanks, Jeff. And that's uh, right. We got your milkshake uh, reference there, yes. as you can probably right. gather. The, the the other one, the other reference I've seen to that was um was from Bagpus. In the sand, he should have been sitting there with his. Oh, Gabriel the Frog! Yeah. <laughs> Alongside a wooden woodpecker. That... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, next up, we have uh, Craig Hanson, and Craig just says, "Excellent, ten out of ten, best of the season by far." Okay, thanks, Craig. Um, James Rockcliffe. Hi, James. Um, he says, "Felt to me the plot had got so convoluted." Only a previously untold alien race could possibly be the explanation. A massive plot contrivance which is a little too on the nose for me. Okay, I, 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 I think I understand what you're going, what you're going for, James. I think it's, all, I think it's what we were saying as well. It was, and I think it's what you said, Paul. It's, it's a lot of conveniences. It's been contrived yeah, to get to that point, hasn't it? I mean, I, I don't think this one was as bad as others, though. I do think, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, how many other Doctor Who stories are a previously untold alien race can only be the explanation. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we've had that so many times in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, thanks anyway, James. Uh, next, we have Nick James, Australian Nick, as you know from the Faris Project. Um, Nick says the end was rushed, and I'm left wondering whether Granny Five of Nine was a Borg. Good question, actually. Um, but he says it was definitely enjoyable. I mean, it certainly was. It certainly was. Um, and the other thing, Andrew Gill uh, just says, also, this has to be one of my favourite bits of dialogue ever. Uh, it's Graham saying, who are you calling a codger? Because you're the one who stinks of your own wee. And Ribbon says, that's not my wee. Uh, Doc says, hold it right there, because you do not want to be, uh, those to be your last words. words. Yeah. So, yeah. So there, there was some good... Because then, as you say, how can you smell worse than you did before? Was the other oh, one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, it was it was mainly Graham, but but Dunning not just didn't step out of the story to say them. I mean, they were just like almost background remarks while someone else was talking. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, last we have uh, Thomas McCambly. Um, and so I said, uh, I thought that was absolutely fascinating and lovely. A universe trying to escape its loneliness and the Doctor gently dealing with it. Visually very distinctive and the music was so atmospheric as well. That's echoing what you said earlier, Paul. Um, and finish up with a very Douglas Adams-esque episode to me. Okay. So, well, for us it was a bit more um, Saffron still crossed with Stanley Kubrick. But yeah. There we go. So, um, no, thanks again, everybody. Thanks uh, very much for sending your um, uh, your feedback to us. And obviously, it's the series finale next week, so um, please keep your feedback coming for then as well. So, um, but there we are. I, I can't believe next week is the last episode. Yeah, it's been a quick ten weeks, isn't it? It has. It has. Really has been. But um, ah, there we go. So yeah. So next week. Um, now let me get let me get the the name of this right. It's called the Battle of Ranskor Av Kolos. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So, um, well, I wonder what this is going to be. Well, are we? I think people are saying we're we're going to see all the villains that have walked away in this series of Doctor Who are going to end up in this final episode. Hmm. Mm, I can't I see it myself actually. I can't either. No. I mean, such has been the lack of. Well. I mean, it it would be one of the the most least signposted 
arc story arcs for a series going, wouldn't it? If they do, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. It would have come a little bit out of nowhere, really, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so look very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, just see where, where this series takes us, and of course, next week Chris Chibnall is back on writing duties again. So let's yes. see. I mean, his strongest episode has been the series opener. Yeah, his ones in uh, of after that have been not very good. Um, and so let's see how he handles a series finale. I mean, it is a fact actually here that we've been giving Bradley Walsh all the credit for his. Uh, delivery of the, the jokes and the lines and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it has to be said that, you know, some credit has to go to Ed Heim who's written this. Yes, indeed. But it's, it's given him the, the, the stuff to work with. And mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it has just been brilliantly written. It is a, you know, it's something that, you know, you give the actor of the quality we've got in this show mm. a good, good script and they're gonna completely run with it, aren't they? They are indeed. They are indeed. So I think I mean, we've hardly talked in our review. We've hardly talked about Ryan, and this is probably one of no. Ryan's best stories as well. Yeah, I, I, the I, fact I, of how yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, talk, Yaz, you know, Yaz got hardly with... anything to do in this one. No, um, unfortunately, I think we, we may sort of come on to this when we we discuss the the last episode next. We might have a little bit of a a, a, a quick summing up yeah. of the series, but um, yeah, but, I mean, but, per- but perfectly time. logical from Ryan that you know. From a person whose who's father ran out on him, his first reaction when she says her father's left her mm. is that he has just gone. You yeah. know? He's packed his bags and and buggered and off. had it away. Yeah. yeah. There's no monster. There's no. And she's just making this up now to comfort herself in the fact that she's been left. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, for him to sense, go from yeah. that point to, to really, you know, A, the. The awkwardness between them mm. to the end, where you know they've obviously bonded. Yeah, was really good. And also, I just loved loved the idea that the doctor wrote on the the thing to say, you know, father's probably dead. Assume, yeah, assume, assume he's the dead. Father's dead. Yeah, yeah. Try and find out about other family. You know, it's just. Well, Hannah quickly totally. sussed that out, didn't she? So yeah. <laughs> oh dear. No, it was good. It was very, very good. So um, anyway, I think that just wraps up this episode, doesn't it? We we yeah. I'm, I'm glad we sort of sort of got a bit sort of back on track again. After a bit, yeah. of a, there definitely was a mid-series lull. So I think the last couple of episodes, it sort of it sort of picked up again. So which is which is good. Well, I mean, what what's been. What's been the best episode so far have been the historical ones. Mm. So it was good to actually get one that was pretty much just a science fiction story. Yeah. And it'd be good. Yes, exactly. Which we haven't... All right, it wasn't, it wasn't set in the future, but it was pretty much set... No, it was still science fiction. So you didn't... Yeah. It, science fiction doesn't it, have to be set in the future, ma- does it? No, so. it, was, it was mainly set in another... Another universe. In another universe, yeah. Hmm. No, I thought it was good. It was good. Yeah. So. Totally. Okay, everybody. So that just about wraps up this show for this week. So Paul and I will be back again next week to review the Battle of Renskor Avkolos. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
for listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.